And time now for a Friday edition of the Jack Riccardi Show, and here he is, Jack Riccardi. There's really no, there's really no Friday edition, Christian. Oh, we not? just slice another, you know, we just take another slice off the loaf. It's the, you know. But I got the memo. Just cut the cut the next slice off the loaf. <laughs> well, here, here, this is something. Um, what was it? A day or two ago, we talked about the guy that flipped out on the airplane. Oh, they hit the guy and, in the head. Yeah. Yeah, and, and um, we were talking about. Uh, Harrison Ford and Air Force One. Well, as uh, Paul Harvey would have said, now we know the rest of the story because it's come out today that the passenger, whose name is Alexander Tung Kun Lee of Westminster, California, age 33, was upset. Are you ready for this? This was a guy on an American Airlines flight who sucker punched a male flight attendant in the aisle. Yeah. He was upset because they skipped over him for coffee. Wasn't this the same guy whispering about killers on the airplane? Killers on the plane, yes, yes. Because he missed his coffee. Okay, clear. Now, have you ever had the coffee on American Airlines? Yeah, that's a point. Because I'm telling you, if you if you miss the coffee, you're one of the lucky ones. I mean, <laughs> right. I could more expect somebody to punch the flight attendant after they'd had a sip of it. I'm not saying you should ever do that. I'm just kidding. But, yeah, this guy went completely nuts and... Um, it, apparently he he felt he had been snubbed in the uh, in the coffee service. But Jack, you're saying he should have been happy about that. I, I'm a coffee drinker. I'll drink it anywhere. But mm-hmm. let me just tell you, America. I think they drain it out of the wings on American Airlines. I'm just <laughs> saying, you know, it's not it's not great. That not, explains everything. I I you know you could still have you could miss that cup of coffee and still have a pretty good day on American Airlines. Is all I'm saying. All right. Well. um... I'll tell you what, uh, I'm, I'm old enough to remember, and maybe some of you are too, when we were debating years ago here in San Antonio about uh, term limits, expanding term limits, and paying salaries to city council and the mayor. If you're new to San Antonio, years ago, not too many years ago, the mayor made 40 bucks a week. The mayor of the seventh largest city in America was paid 40 bucks a week. The city council members were paid 20 bucks a week to go to meetings. And... Uh, you know, it it was basically considered like you were serving in a volunteer, like if you served on a committee at church, you wouldn't expect to get paid, right? That was that was basically how city council and uh, the mayor worked. And then and then um, we had this big debate about should we expand term limits, and and they went to uh, four two year terms. Previously, it had been two two year terms, and they pay salaries. Now the mayor gets a salary, and the city council members get a salary. And we were told, and some people didn't like this, and some people were really furious with it, but we were told, well, this will give us a better caliber of, of uh, people. We'll get better people. We'll get more professional people. Because a, a person that has to support a family and pay bills, they can't be doing this for 20 bucks a week. So you're just getting either, either you know, uh, weirdos or, or people that are single-issue fanatics or old uh, retirees that are, you know, or, or whatever. So, so. Let me ask you, do you think it's worked out? Do you think the professionalizing and the salarying of uh, city council has worked out? We have this story in the news today, and apparently this all happened last week, uh, of city councilman Mario Bravo and city councilwoman Anasan Duval. Now, first of all, I did not know, and we've had them both on this show before, I did not know that at one time they had a thing going on of, of, of sorts. Some sort of thing was going on. And um, so they were discussing, and then now the thing is over. So they, it's a former thing. 
And you know how it is in a workplace. It never really goes away, right? That's, that's the danger of becoming involved with a coworker. So they were discussing the uh, CPS surplus revenue and um, what to do with it. And I guess Mario Bravo wants to uh, spend it on weatherizing and on a Sandoval's with the people that want to rebate it to the customers. And he got upset because he thought that she was going to vote with him. And he started talking about how uh, this is why he ended the relationship and this is why he didn't want to have children with her. Think about that the next time you get your CPS bill. And uh, she was a sellout, and he was going to start telling everybody in town that she was a phony, and she began to cry, and then the city the uh, city attorney had to scold Mario Bravo. i got to tell you, I... I I met him when he was running, and we had him on the show, as we did with many candidates. I did not see this coming. You never know. And now he's put out an apology, uh, saying that he fell short in his conduct. He regrets it. He wholeheartedly apologizes to Sandoval and the council. And um, it's yeah, the, the, we were we were going to be all set. We just had to pay him a salary and expand uh, term limits. And I'll talk about that. There's a couple of other stories in the news today about men and women working together it's it's really complicated you know i think this is what keeps the hr industry in business i really do you know i'll probably get in trouble with the hr department for saying that but i'm just i'm just saying uh speaking of politics here's a moment where a politician let the mask slip a little bit so congressman tim ryan is the democratic candidate for senate in ohio he's running for the senate seat in ohio and uh he had a he was doing a fundraising event and he was introducing or speaking about how in the audience was Senator Chuck Schumer, the Senate Democratic leader. And listen to what, listen to what the guy that wants to be Ohio's next senator calls Chuck Schumer. Cut number five. I'll tell you two real quick stories because Senator Schumer's here and I want to make sure he's my future boss. So I got to suck up a little bit here. <laughs> oh, uh, what, wait a minute. Chuck Schumer is your boss? I I thought it was the people of Ohio that were your boss. I mean, we all know, right? They go there, Democrats, Republicans. They really think their job is to join the the, the caucus of their party. They think their job, that once they're done with us rubes, once they've done mixing with us and mingling with us and taking selfies with us, and they hate it, they get up there to Washington now, the real work begins. I'm working with my boss, Chuck Schumer. My boss. Got to suck up to my boss. I'll tell you. This is Tim Ryan. Two real quick stories, because Senator Schumer's here, and I want to make sure he's my future boss, so I got to mm. suck up a little bit here. That's great. That's terrific. Um, so the Republicans came out today with their, uh, here's what we'll do when we take back the House list of promises, and um, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. It's called Commitment to America. The one they did in 94 was called Contract with America. I don't know what they'll call the next one. Running out of serious-sounding words. Pledge, blood oath, (laughs) cross my heart. But anyway, uh, they made a a bunch of promises, and I guess the thing I just, and I I, look, I I agree with the things they say they want to do, but I just, I'm having a hard time believing it. I'll believe it when I see it. 
The difference between 1994 and 2022 is how much mileage we have with these people, you know, and uh, it's just not like it used to be. Not that in 1994 we were wide, you know, starry-eyed and innocent, but man, I don't know. I mean, wouldn't you think, I, without even looking at surveys or polls or anything, wouldn't you think that that the public's regard for or respect for Congress as an institution, it's it's got to be way lower now than it was then, and it's got to be going down all the time. You wonder when you see these surveys, oh, there's 17% approve of the Congress. Like, who are the 17%? I don't know anybody who's happy with them. I never, I've never met anybody in my life who's like, you know, I really like this Congress. <laughs> who are these people? 210-599-5555. Oh, you'll, you'll love this. So I don't know if you followed this story. We talked about it a little bit, a little bit uh, with Lisa Daftari the other day. But there's been a story in Iran. It comes back here, so stay with me. But uh, a young uh, woman in Iran named Masa Amini was um, beaten to death while in police custody because she was improperly veiled. They basically caved her head in, and she was improperly veiled. And the, fa- the, uh, the, the Iranians lied about it at first. They said that she had a heart attack. She's like 21. And then it came out that... Uh, the government had covered it up, and then there was apparently video. And, um, you know, they have, like, morality police in Iran. They go after women that are considered immodest or improperly dressed. So um, there have been protests, a big, big protests in Iranian cities. And it's mostly women and some men, and they're flipping cars over, and, you know, it's like, it's, like, uh, it's, it's a big deal. In a country that's very repressive, uh, there is quite an uprising against the Iranian mullahs. Which brings me back to this country. Somebody pointed out that no one in the squad, AOC and Rashida Tlaib and so forth, Ilhan Omar, Ayanna Presley, that no one in the, in the squad had said anything yet. This has been going on for days. What's the deal? So AOC put out a statement. And this is what she said on Twitter. Solidarity with the courageous women and allies in Iran protesting for their freedom. Masa Amini was senselessly murdered by the same patriarchal forces repressing women the world over. The right to choose belongs to all of us, from hijabs to reproductive care. Oh. Oh, I see. So suddenly, Masa Amini was just a woman having trouble getting an abortion they can't they can't they have only one note they only know how to play one note they only know one song in the democratic party it all comes back to abortion these are abortion protests in iran masa mini wasn't improperly veiled she wanted an abortion the mullahs that's just ron DeSantis. that's pretty disgusting I mean, it's almost better to not have any reaction. Using the struggle of women in a oppressive regime to bolster your weak game on abortion is really classy. And it's, you know, they always have to make it about them, no matter what's going on. It, it's always about them. It must have been very comforting to the women in the streets in Iran to know AOC is 
explain this to the rest of us. 210-599-5555. There's supposed to be some decision from Mayor Nirenberg. I guess he has to be like the dad here or the or the chaperone here, and he's got to come down with some decision about uh, Councilman Bravo. So I don't know either of these people personally. I just th- This whole situation just has a familiar ring to it. Um, I, I actually had this a couple of days ago, and I wasn't sure how to use it or if to use it on the air. I'm going to play this for you, though. Th- th- let me set this up. This is a uh, these are this, this is a man and a woman on a radio show in St. Louis. It's a rock station called the Viper. It's appropriately named. So the guy is like a local TV guy named Vic Faust. And the woman is a radio station employee, a disc jockey named Crystal Cooper. So they're on the uh, show together. And th- whatever happened on the air, what you're about to hear is their off-the-air spat. Something happened on the air that made Vic mad at Crystal. And so off the air, he goes off. Take a listen to this. Listen, you're a f- bad, f- nasty, f- and right. you don't f- bring up sh- on air when I fucking f- have like your back. You're a fucking f- fat. F- I don't f- care if you're here. Be like that, guys. Come on, man. Serious? I let it go yesterday. But you called it's me right. stupid for the because second who time. Who brought up the stupid subject? You it wasn't a called, stupid you subject. You were making fun of me because I was dealing with the computer. Chris was too. It wasn't just me. No, no, Chris he wasn't. was. Yes, he said. Oh he my God, it's going to be here anything. in three weeks. He didn't say anything on air. Yes, he did. Go back and you listen. He was laughing when you I have did a it. History of attacking me on air and Chris. No, I don't. Do you have a history of attacking me on air? Are you kidding? You and your big fat looking at. Okay, stop the stop the the recording here. I was going to say stop the tape, but I know it's not a tape. Um, so it's the two of them going back and forth in the studio, and you hear a producer, I guess, is, is in the background there trying to like you know break up the fight. Um, this guy was a TV anchor at one of the local stations, and then does this radio gig. And um, the day this happened, he was not on TV, and now. Um, the TV station in St. Louis has fired him. So he um, lost both gigs. He's calling her fat, stupid, and nasty. Um, he calls her the C word. He says, you're nothing, you're trash. He says, I'm sorry for your children that they have to be your, that you have to be their mother. You're, a ter- you're an expletive mom. You don't even know the topics we're talking about. Frankly, if you're going to do this, you probably should just do it on the air. I mean, Don, wouldn't you think whatever they... Whatever they do on the radio show can't be as entertaining as this, you know? Like, I could see you, if this if this happened in the studio, you'd be, like, gently bringing up the microphones, right? <laughs> do I talk to you like this? Jack, it's, it's just a, a Tuesday for you and I off yeah, air. Yeah. <laughs> but I've never said you were a bad mother. No. Not I want, I mean, my defense, not I want, yet. I want to say that. Not yet. Uh, the other stuff I'll admit to. Um, he says, I will nail your bleeps to the wall. I want to know what that is. I'm trying to figure out what that... I can't even... I guess I'm not good, good enough at cursing to know what that would be. I want to nail your bleeps to the wall. I will do whatever I bleeping need to do to you, he says. I mean... <laughs> I, talk about... it's your Dude, it's your side gig. You, you've got a TV job. 
this is just some side thing you're doing on the radio. He is really mad at her. What's the old saying? On. What's the old saying? It, uh, yeah. The two of them need to get a room? Uh, well, they're in a room. <laughs> That's the problem. They already got a room. It's That's called a radio true. studio. Uh, here's some more of it. Take a listen. You're not my boss. Well, I'm come And I'll call you a every day. Okay, good you're for you. fat, self-righteous That's me? And every day that you come in this studio, I will call you what you are. Oh. Fat, nasty bitch. And okay. the only reason you have this job is because of me. Nick, stop. Okay. Stop. Wow. Yeah, I've told Chris I, I, five I, times I about, understand. and by the way, I've reported your nasty five times to Chris about what you do on this radio. You attack me What have I done five different times? You've attacked me four or five times, and Chris I've said, never yes. attacked you. I'm you very impressed by it. I'm very impressed by a man who lets a woman know, you're not going to attack me anymore. That's, that's a strong move. That's a strong move, buddy. That's a good one. Yeah, you're going to win a lot of support with that. Anyway, this went on and on. By the way, you, you probably can guess that Vic was not a very popular guy with his coworkers because obviously, Don, somebody had to preserve the recording of this, right? Like, Somebody made sure this got out because this was this was I, I got my uh, copy of it from the newspaper in St. Louis on their website, and it became a big story. So somebody didn't like Vic and made sure the tape got out. Right? Can we play the very end where they're still arguing and then all of a sudden they go on the air? Yes. Live? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you get to that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got to hear. You got to hear. So now they're this has gone on for for like a very long time, and then they have to resume the show. I can bring up and whatever I, I want. Your ass in front of Chris, he will say there was no reason for you to bring it back up. Okay. You've never admitted that you're wrong because you think that you're wrong. Exactly. Because we were having fun. You got 20 seconds. Just chill. And we say welcome back, 958. Thank you so much for joining us today. What an incredible show. Awesome time. <laughs> and welcome back. Oh, 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 man. Who wants to hear? I Cancel the show. I want to hear the studio conversation. Probably not for long, but, you know. I mean, you wouldn't be able to get out of your car. And, uh, yeah, this, this, so now, but, they, but it's over because the radio station and his television station have both uh, let him go. So just think. Somewhere in Vic's life is a woman that he now has to go home to and talk to. So you think you think this was bad. Wait till he gets home. I was just busy berating Don and making fun of him uh, during the commercial mm-hmm. break. You you but you think Don, these two in St. Louis, um you think they maybe have a thing or had a thing. Well, no, is I think they I think that one time they had a thing. It may have been short. Like live. Like you think there's but, no way uh, that acrimony didn't come uh, from no, I think this a was place of it was, hurt feelings. Yeah, no, yeah. it was pent-up anger, I think. Don't you? So, uh, well, <laughs> I, you know, I'm coming around to your thinking because there's nothing that can happen between two people that hurts more than, than that, right? And he just seems, if, if, if all it was was, you know, she's stupid or he, she made fun of him for the computer, mm-hmm. you just, this seems like you know much... what? passion too much anger right yeah you know what makes me think of that the reason why because why didn't she just leave the room after after being berated like that i mean i to me i I, if they had not had a relationship of some sort i would have thought if something like that just happened at random 
I think she would have left the room. He uh, seems and, delightful, by the way. Who <laughs> wouldn't want to be with him? Seems like a fantastic guy. But you know, um, if they did have a relationship at one time, yeah, she yeah. this is not the first time this has ever happened between the right, two of them. No doubt. And this is this takes us back to Councilman uh, Bravo and Councilwoman Sandoval because apparently there was something between them at one point. Who knew, right? I would not have. Wow, didn't see that coming. Back when we had Patty Radel and Reed Williams, I wouldn't have wouldn't have thought anything was going on there. But uh, these two, um, I guess, at one time had a, had a, had a thing, and um, he told her in the meeting that uh, this is why I'm not with you anymore because you don't agree with me about CPS energy revenue. Uh, two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. So I guess it, well, I guess the, the the theory here is that when things really get bad between men and women in the workplace, it, often maybe not always, but often it it leads back to some sort of past entanglement. Um, Alex is on five fifty and one zero seven one KTSa. Alex, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you for taking my call. <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> I thought this. Young ladies on uh, Sandoval just had a baby. So I'm sure there was some bickering going on with that. My understanding is that she is a mother now, but we soon forgot about Gina Galaviz at the Cadillac bar with that SAPD officer when words were exchanged and she walked away and he threw that apple at her and hit her in the shoulder. Man, you're, and bruised you're her. dropping names like, uh, you're, you're dropping names like the trees in my backyard are dropping leaves, Alex. Gina Galaviz. I, I haven't heard that name in like 15 I'm years. From the dinosaur era. You have a good I, I don't night, um, I don't know. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to I don't want to make any implications about uh Councilwoman Sandoval or, or or the baby or anything like that. I don't know nothing about that. Um I I I've come to believe over the years that y- if you mix business and pleasure uh your business will not be a pleasure anymore. I mean it's just it's just I hate to say that, and I, when I was young, I did not think that. And I, I'll be honest, when I was young in radio, I did date women that I worked with. And um, it, it, is, it, it does seem like a very dangerous thing to do. Um, so that was what was going on there. And uh, we're, we're told there's supposed to be some kind of, I don't know, reprimand or penalty. I don't, I don't know what. It said the mayor will have something for... Bravo, but I'm I'm not sure what exactly the mayor can do. I mean, the the members of the council are elected, just as the mayor is. He can't throw them off the council, uh, so I'm not sure what uh, what that will be, or if there will be anything. But that's that's where it was left uh, earlier today. He has apologized. He put out a statement saying, "All members of council deserve to be treated with respect at all times." In this instance, I fell short of that. I regret it. I wholeheartedly apologize to Councilwoman Sandoval. And you know, you really don't think. I mean, the the CPS thing is it, it's a it's a it's an issue, but it's not the kind of issue you would expect people to lose their minds over, right? Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. These two on the radio, uh, Don Cooper thinks maybe there's been more going on than just a radio show because wow, that was you know the the, the thing I don't get about it is um if if you if you told me this happened like in the 1960s or 70s you know i'd say well that was a that was like the wild west in terms of workplaces and and women in the workplace but what what guy today thinks that this is going to fly i mean I, I don't care how mad you are okay 
you've had to sit through the training. You've had to sign the little form. You've, you, I mean, you. What in the world? It almost, it's almost like he wanted to lose the gig. You know, it's almost like he was teeing it up to, like, I'm, I'm going to get fired. I'm going to get fired in, in spectacular fashion. Wow. I mean, I've told Chris I, five I, times I about, understand. and by the way, I've reported your nasty five times to Chris about what you do on this radio. You attack what me What have constantly. I done five different times? You've attacked me four or five times, and Chris I've said, never yes. attacked you. You've yelled at me twice, and this the is the second time in break now. The problem is, is that you think that whatever you do is right. Yeah, whatever they're playing on the air isn't as good as this. Um, <laughs> Mike is on 550 and 107.1 KTSA. Mike, good afternoon. Good afternoon to you, too. Uh, Jack, uh, I believe uh, those people, the man and the woman that were arguing off of the air, I believe it was planned for uh, sensationalism, and I believe he'll come back. Uh, but first, I wanted, I wanted to tell you something. Uh, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me understand what you're saying. So you think they staged this, like, as a promotion? Yes. Why wouldn't they just do it on the air, then? Uh, to make it more sensational, that uh, this really wasn't supposed to happen. And, oh, so uh, here's the secret tape, and here's what happens behind the scenes. That's, that would be interesting. So, so then he would yeah, come Mike, back, yeah. and they would have a bigger audience, and more people would tune in. If, if that happens, Mike, I'll take my hat off to you. That would be a, that would be a brilliant radio promotion. I don't, I don't know if I believe you, but, but that could be well, the case. I don't know if it's true either. But, Jack, I have to tell you something. I know that you are an imposter, uh, I've been listening to you for years. I remember when you came here from Boston. And you know when you speak to your mom on the telephone or someone you know, you can visualize them in your mind and uh, see what they look like. Well, like I say, I've been listening to you for years. And you really are, are supposed to be a taller person with long black hair, dark hair, kind of thin, pointed nose, and I recently saw a picture of you, and I said, that can't be Jack Riccardi, because I have him in my mind, yeah, how yeah. he's supposed to look. Listen, I, I feel that way every morning when I look in the mirror. I say, that can't be Jack Riccardi. That cannot be Jack <laughs> Riccardi. I, I, isn't it awful that I know what you're saying, and believe me, I do the same thing. When I listen to radio, I form a mental image, and I think it's terrible that we don't just let people do that. I think radio should never have put up pictures and video and... You should be allowed to imagine what we look like, don't you think? Well, yeah. Wouldn't you have rather and, thought what you were thinking than have found out, you know, that it wasn't true? You, that's kind of hard on you. No, I'm not. But I'm not putting myself down, but I'm just saying I think people should be able to build the theater of the mind. You know, the, imagine what the person looks like and carry that around with you. And we, I think, we ruin the magic of radio when we put pictures. Just my opinion. Yeah. Could be, could be. But anyway, I know you're a neat guy. I like you. But would you relate to Jack that I said hi? Okay. And I really. <laughs> okay. Um, yes, I will. I, I, I think I know what you're saying, Mike. And I will tell Jack that you said hi. And I appreciate your call, sir. Thank you. I, I got a little weird at the end. I, I, first, I thought he was going with the whole, um, you know, we don't, uh, we think we know what people look like on the radio and. I've, I've had this conversation, Don, you and I have talked about it, I've had this conversation with numerous people in radio, and everybody agrees that uh, most of the people you meet, if you've heard them first and then mm -hmm. you meet them, mm -hmm. they don't look like you were expecting. You know? Right, because you, you put the voice with the face. 
you you build a face that you think matches the voice. And if a person has a deep voice, then you're apt to think they're tall or they're handsome. Or if a woman has a very sexy, sultry voice, then you assume her appearance will match up with that. And sometimes it does, but sometimes it doesn't. Or it doesn't in the way that you thought it would. And um, I I worked with guys that, uh, you you did too, had really great voices, but were kind of schlubby looking, you know. (laughs) That's when you when you saw them, right? That's true. Like they could have made a killing on like a nine hundred number. Well, they look, but, they seem, or they sound larger yeah. than life until you meet right. them in person, and they're some of them were larger than life, but not in that way. Th- yes, know? only in their and, mind. Uh, but Mike, trust so me, know. trust me, Mike. It's it's one and the same guy. Yeah, there's only one of me. Believe me, you wouldn't want more than one. Um, so, yeah, but Mike's other point about this being that that's an intriguing idea that that could be it could he could be right about that. Like we may be coming back here in a week and going, oh, they staged it and um, it was designed to create chemistry and interest. And of course, it would mean that he wasn't really fired and uh, there'd be a lot of people in on that. But uh, I don't know. That's a, that seems like a lot of. um Seems like a high risk proposition because now that people have heard you act this way, you might tune in just to hear them come back together. But then, is this does this sound like a guy you want to listen to every day? Like, does this sound? I mean, don't you have to kind of like the people you tune in every day? I would think he doesn't seem very likable. Anyway, um, I'd like to visit that studio. Hey, we're taking a tour of the radio station. Now I'm getting emails from people saying um, what they thought people on the radio would look like. Uh, uh, Joe says that he thinks J.D. Hayworth should look like Newman from Seinfeld. I, 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 I don't get that. I mean, I know what Newman from Seinfeld looks like. but uh, um, Diana says, I thought until I saw your picture, Jack, that you looked like Mitt Romney. Seems very random. Better than Newman, though. They don't look like Newman. Um, so a, a television anchor man in Los Angeles named Mark Mester has been fired. What happened was the station had a longtime woman anchor named Lynette Romero. She worked there for like twenty five years, and she was a fixture in in the TV news scene. And she left the station. She was their weekend anchor. She left the station, and she didn't have a farewell. And the station put out a statement saying, we wish her well. She's decided to move on. We had hoped that she would stay. We couldn't make it happen. We So they made it sound like we didn't want her to go, but she left, and she didn't even say goodbye. Well, that offended her coworker, this guy Mark Mester, he felt that they had not been nice to her in making that announcement. So he took over the newscast. Listen to this. Good morning, and welcome to the Cape Play 5 Morning News here at 8 o'clock on this Saturday morning. Alongside my colleagues, we have Megan Tellis, we have Doug Cloak, and we have Kirk Hawkins. I'm Mark Mester. Uh, this is normally the time where we do our 4 and 5 segment. We get to check in with everyone and see how everyone's doing, but obviously things are a little bit different this morning. So I'm going to take some time and ask to speak directly to you at this hour to tell you what it is that happened here on Wednesday. So I want to start off right now. Stop the tape. It it sounds like it sounds like he's about to tell you you know the world is ending. There's a missile inbound from China. You know, it's it's like very serious. Obviously, something is different. 
Something's very wrong. Listen to this. So I want to start off right now by offering up an apology to you. What the viewers experienced was rude, it was cruel, it was inappropriate, and we are so sorry. I also want to say sorry to Lynette Romero, because Lynette, I love you so much. You literally are my best friend. You did not deserve what happened to you on Wednesday. Oversharing, yeah. oversharing, oversharing, too much information. Keep going. Deb, can you please take the iPad really quickly so I can explain to everyone what exactly went down? So the truth of the matter is the woman in the set of your screen is our boss. Her name is Janine, and Janine is a terrific woman, and I want to explain why. All now, we can say on, about... Hold the tape. Janine fired him, just so you know. All right, continue. ...woman, and I want to explain why. All we can say about Lynette is that she has an opportunity, and she wanted to take that opportunity. And if someone wants to do that, my goodness, go take that opportunity. And that is exactly what Janine did. In the process of that, an announcement was made on Wednesday. Sam Rubin had to read it. It was unfortunate, and meant, as we mentioned, it was inappropriate, and we are so sorry wow. about that. Lynette deserved to say goodbye. It didn't happen. I don't know who wrote the script. I don't know who handed it to Sam Rubin. Regardless, this was a mistake. We owe you an apology, and we owe Lynette an apology. Now, we can't show this to you this morning, but Lynette, we do have a gift for you. It oh, is flying over our station this morning. There are words. They're from an airplane, and there's a banner that's flying over Hollywood right now. And all oh, we can stop say the to tape, you, stop the tape. He hired an airplane. He was so put out by the way the television station parted with Lynette that he hired an airplane to fly around in the air over the television station, and the banner says, I love you, Lynette. And he wanted the station to cut away to a shot of the plane, but by now... I think the station control room is realizing that Ron Burgundy here is having a, a, a breakdown. You can even see the other people on the set. Did you notice it, Don? The other people on the set are, like, leaning away from him. Like, they realize that he, he is destroying his career on live television. Yeah, and that, they're, like, leaning out of the shot. Did well, you notice that? It kind of had that deer in the headlight look. It's also... It's, because they were wondering, where is this guy going? I mean, you know, you, they, they should have left He admires room. this lady. Obviously, she pr must have been like a mentor to him when he started. He looks like a very young guy. He seems like he's very young. But, I mean, over the top. Continue. They're from an airplane, and there's a banner that's flying over Hollywood right now. And all we can say to you, Lynette Romero, this morning is that we love you, we miss you, and this is going to be the most difficult thing to move on, to move this show. I can't even. Oh, come I can't even speak on. We can't even move the show forward without you. I don't know how we're going to do it, but here's the thing. You well, I'll tell you how they're going to do it. They fired him. They let him go, and they've moved on. She got another opportunity, didn't he say that? I heard that right, right? She she has a job. What <laughs> what is the tragedy here? You know, I, he misses her. I would, you know, I've had coworkers leave. You miss them. But the way he's apologizing to us, like we were, we've been waiting for this apology, you know. Wow. Dude, get out of the, get out of the station a little bit, you know. You need to, you need to maybe take, you know, take some outings. Might be focusing a little too, too much on work. Anyway, Christian, who, who's hiring an airplane to tow a banner? I mean, it's 2022. Yeah, that's a... Uh... That's, you know, some some would say it's tough to beat a classic because I can totally understand you've got, if you're in the right location, a uh, lot of people see the sky. But it does seem a bit dated because you could get that message out to who knows how many more people in a phone. Yeah.
you know? Uh, how about a pop-up banner? You know, just saying. But yeah, yeah I, I, that, the, the, uh, this guy in L.A., he, he sure does miss his coworkers. So. You know, I was hearing that as I was, you know, I was listening to you and also trying to keep up with this hurricane thing going. So the guy is bent out of shape because his co-host found a different opportunity. Did I hear? She him? got another job and didn't say anything on the air. And then the station read a statement that made it sound like, well, we wanted her to stay, but she just left. And so he felt that was, you know, appalling. <laughs> Did I? Okay, hold on. And now he's been fired, which means that everybody came out fine except him. If he had just been able to hold it together, you know. All I'm saying is he was he was a weekend news anchor, right? Yes. And there you go. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Woo! Okay. There you go. There you go. All right. Enough said right there. That's like a mic drop from Christian Blood right there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, 210-599-5555. Um, yeah, so kind of what all of this, all of these uh, little uh, nuggets have in common is the the modern day travails of the workplace and men and women and uh, what have you and what's going on with uh, city council, which you know again over the years think of all the things with city council, you know the, the all the different hijinks and and they said they they told us we were we were assured. That you can fix this if you'll just do what they do in other cities and pay these people a salary so that they don't, so that people who um, would be good at it but need to support their family or pay their bills will will run for office. You look at the city council, and um, it it's pretty much the same mix of people, and and caliber of people it was before, which is to say, it runs the gamut, and uh, I don't know. But I, you know, I, I, I do think, and I, I'm, I'm being, I know I'm stereotyping here, but I, I do think that when men and women become um, involved or attracted in the workplace, there's always going to eventually be, uh, it's going to manifest somewhere in the workplace. I'll, I'll admit to this. This is, this is true, and I think I've talked about this before, but way, way, way back, early on in radio. Um, I got hired at a station, and I, I was doing the afternoon show. And they hired after they hired me, and I was the youngest person there. Everybody else was quite a bit older because it was a you know a, a old time heritage AM talk station. Then they hired a, a, an anchor to do the news on my show, and she was really young. She was even a little bit younger than me by a year or two. So here we are, you know, co- holding down the afternoon show. And, um, you know, we're, we're kibitzing on the air and joking about how our ages combined don't add up to the ages of the other people on the station and stuff like that. And it's a good chemistry on the air. It's, it's funny and it's sarcastic and, you know. And then we did date. And then it didn't last very long. And then it got weird. And I was... I was not very mature, and you know, it got kind of, you know, it wasn't like these two in St. Louis, but it got like, um, what's the, it got more um, curt, it got more quick, and to be honest, most people couldn't tell, but it was really unpleasant to be in, you know, and I'm sure it was unpleasant now that I think about it. It was probably unpleasant for the people around us, you know, working in the in the building. So you just you can't. 
you just can't you know and that's that's the part about the whole all these videos and trainings and things that that companies do now i mean th- there is a point to that we laugh about a lot of it and a lot of it does seem to be overkill but or cya but you can't you can't have it can't do it unless like the guy last hour said, unless the St. Louis station is doing like a major promotional head fake, maybe the guy with the plane is doing a head fake too. Maybe Lynette will come back. I don't know. I think Lynette has seen what the guy did. Lynette's going to stay away. Uh, 210-599-5555 or jack at ktsa.com. All right. Um, I mentioned the dishes coming up. We're going to hear some John Coltrane today. It's the uh, 96th birth anniversary of one of the great all-time great American musicians, John Coltrane. So we're going to hear some of his music uh, coming up as well. Um, and there's also, this is a story I've been watching all week. Um, it's like watching a slow-motion train wreck. And uh, you know who Matt Walsh is, right? The the blogger and the uh, columnist. He, he's been doing a series of stories about uh, this hospital the Vanderbilt University Medical Center. They have a pediatric transgender clinic. And I want to share with you a little bit about what he's been reporting. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, it's, 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 it's really unbelievable, but um, he's got the receipts, as they say. The uh, Vanderbilt University Medical Center operates a pediatric transgender clinic, which, just let that sink in for a minute. Pediatric Transgender Clinic. And uh, Matt Walsh has been doing um, some investigative journalism on it. Um, And the gist of his findings, and it involves, you know, hidden camera recordings and, you know, interviewing people, uh, anonymous sources and stuff, but the, the gist of it seems to be that they got into this because it's a big money maker. Uh, one doctor t- uh, who works at the clinic uh, describes how she persuaded the hospital to get into, quote, the gender transition game, quote, because it's a big money maker. Female to male bottom surgeries, those are huge money makers, says the doctor in the video. They make money for the hospital. They opened this clinic in 2018. Uh, he believes because it was a profit center. And um, the university has now come out with a statement that says that Matt Walsh's reporting and the conclusions he's drawn are uh, inaccurate, that he's misrepresenting what they're doing. But the Tennessee legislature, the governor of Tennessee, Marsha Blackburn, the United States Senator from Tennessee, all they're all saying this is going to be investigated. I, I think we're going to look back years and years from now, and we're going to have a discussion in this country about tra- about transgender treatment for children, like the discussion we have about slavery. It's going to involve shock and shame. It's going to involve reparations. It's going to involve who do we blame, who do we hold accountable. Um, I, it's one thing to defend 
the medical profession, when it's going out on a limb to try to find a cure for a disease or test a new drug, if we were doing research with the with the long term goal of helping people, but we said, well, in the short term, there's some there's going to be some suffering or some pain. That would be one thing, but this is not. This is a racket. Okay. This is don't tell your parents. This is we want children to be able to come in and get treatment without consent. There's there's way too many people defending this for political reasons. This is not about gay rights or the right of of a man or a woman to live the way they want to live. I am fine with you deciding, choosing, confronting your feelings, believing that you're going to identify as somebody else. I'm fine with that. I, I have no issue with that. That's not a threat to me. I'm not afraid of it. I'm not. But this has nothing to do with that. We do not let, as a society as well as as parents, we do not let children make these kinds of decisions or even much lesser decisions. Heck, we require children to have permission slips to go on field trips to the zoo. We don't allow children to take Tylenol to school or cough drops. So you can't tell me that this is somehow an extension of the human rights campaign or the LGBTQ. It's a racket. We don't talk about this enough, and it's too easy for people to divide into camps or or even for gay people and straight people to be on opposite sides of this. We shouldn't be. If you're a gay man or woman, however you're living, I respect your right to live that way. But you must know that it's wrong for children, A, to be making decisions in the hands of people that are there to make money, not look out for them, and B, to make decisions kids are not ready to make. I mean, about far lesser things... We all can look back on our own childhood and say, I was sure I wanted to be this, or I was sure I wanted to do that. But we can look back now and say, thank God I wasn't able to, or they didn't let me, or I didn't have the opportunity. I'll tell you what I think is is bubbling under the surface here, too, with all this, and it's, it's going to happen. In fact, earlier this year, there was a, a, a law firm that started... Um, putting out the feelers. You know how when you, you, you're watching television and you see these um, these ads sometimes and it's a law firm asking you if you were in a particular place or if you were in the military or if you worked in a particular industry or if you used talcum powder. Those are, those are law firms that are looking for plaintiffs in wrongful death or wrongful injury lawsuits. So they need actual people. You can't just say the company was wrong. There has to be an actual person who was wronged, who was injured. There's now a law firm, at least one that I know of, and I read about this some months ago, that is making those inquiries and putting out that word into the adverse effects of things like puberty blockers on uh, children. Because apparently, in addition to the the fact that you you cannot be making that kind of life-changing decision as a child, these drugs also have other adverse effects. They have other side effects, if you will. Um, When the lawsuits start, I think a lot of this is going to stop. When the lawsuits start, 
And it shouldn't, it's sad that it comes to that, right? It's sad that that's what it will take, but I don't think they can, I don't think they'll be able to withstand that. It's one thing to talk and, 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 uh, you know, wave the rainbow flag and say that it's a rights thing, but there are lawyers that are, when you talk about Vanderbilt University or some big institution, there are lawyers that are figuring out right now how to bleed them dry. Because there's a principle in medicine, right? First, do no harm. I mean, they teach you in medical school that the, the presumption of the human body is that it's good. You don't needlessly alter its functions. We have people right now that are cutting off healthy breasts and injecting harsh drugs. And maybe an adult can consent to those things, although I, I think it's still immoral for a doctor to perform them. I mean, if I go to a doctor and say, I want my arm cut off, and he says, it's totally healthy, there's nothing wrong with it, I guess you could, you could look at that two ways. You could say, well, Jack can consent, but what doctor in his right mind would do that? But with children, this isn't even the issue. And so I think the law, I, I hate to say it, but I think the lawsuits are where this is going to, is where this is going to come down. But you know, this is also the symptom of another problem that we've had for a long time. And we've talked about this on the show before. As a society, we've given up on the idea of changing people's minds or attitudes about something. In other words, we've given up on the word persuasion. And so instead of, making an argument or persuading people to our point of view, we say, we'll just be sneaky about it. We'll just go behind their back. We'll just, we'll, 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 we'll talk to the children and cut out the adults, or we'll not let the public know we're doing this or doing that. And, and it, and it extends to a lot of things, you know. I mean, all of this virtue signaling about wokeism, a lot of it is acting. You know, you realize a lot of people that are, that act woke are acting. I mean, it's, it's an act. They haven't been persuaded. It's not that they have a more enlightened view of race or gender. It's that they just are, it's just easier for them to act like, oh yeah, we're totally on board. Yes. Show us the symbol, give us the flag, give us the banner, give us the slogan. We'll put it on our products, teach it to our employees, we'll sing songs about it. You haven't convinced them, you haven't persuaded them. And I mean, if you look at our civil rights movement in this country, it was a movement of persuasion. It was a movement of changing people's hearts and minds. That's real progress. Just coercing or scaring people into mouthing the slogan... Is really not progress at all. It's really the opposite, I think. But we've given up. It goes back to that idea that we've kind of given up on changing people's minds or, or presenting a case. We used to be big on that as a society. You know, they say in uh, 
I guess you'd say in the entertainment world or in the sports world, you know you're a big star when you go by one name. And all you have to say to a jazz fan is train. And they know you mean John Coltrane, whose birthday is today. This is the 96th anniversary of the birthday of one of the greatest American musicians of all time. If, if jazz is America's gift to the world, then John Coltrane delivered a lot of it. And we're going to hear some of his music as we go along here, like this piece here, Blue Train. And remember the great John Coltrane. We're going to talk restaurants on The Dish coming up after 6. Get set to call in and praise or zing your most recent restaurant experience. Um, so this week was, uh, we, we had the, the reporting of Matt Walsh about uh, the Vanderbilt University Medical Center and their pediatric transgender treatments. And um, I came across this um, guy, he calls himself Billboard Chris. And um, he goes out and he wears like a sandwich board with his viewpoint about a particular hot-button issue and then sort of dares people to engage him and uh, debate him. So Billboard Chris uh, wanted to talk uh, about um, puberty blockers and the idea that children cannot be consenting to things like this. He gets a woman, uh, obviously a progressive woman, to come up and engage him, and then this other guy gets in on it. I want you to hear the whole exchange, though. It's pretty interesting. Uh, so again, he's standing there with his little sign, and she comes up. She's kind of giggly. Take a listen to this whole thing. With this, we just say, oh, all these other comorbidities, you're cutting, you're, you have an eating disorder, you're depressed, you're anxious, whatever. It must all be due to because of your I wonder why they feel that way. I'm like such a mystery. Like, like come on now. I'm saying that there's no right way to be a girl or a boy, that they're beautiful just as they are, no matter how gender nonconforming they are. And that we should let them grow up. And if they're an adult and they want to make these decisions about their bodies, that's for an adult to decide. No right, 10-year-old. Stop the, still... stop the tape. So he's saying, I'm fine with it as an adult, but let them grow up first. That seems like a very reasonable position. That doesn't seem like an attack on people. That's the position we take with children on lots of other things. You can decide that when you get older. You can live how you want when you get older. How many times did our parents say to us, when you move out of this house, you can do whatever you want, but right now... It's my job to keep you from doing the wrong thing or hurting yourself or doing something crazy. All right, take a listen. No 10-year-old who still believes that the tooth fairy flies into the room and drops $2 okay, under their pillow no. can no consent to getting puberty blockers. Mine does. Like, no offense, I think it's but, like, that's actually too old. Okay, well, we have different, we have different parenting strategies there, I guess. No, but it's just... You're a boy. Two X chromosomes or what? You're a girl. Right. All right, now hold on, hold on. Now this other guy comes up. He, he seems to be with his wife. Uh, he's like a middle-aged guy. And so he gets in on the exchange with uh, Billboard Chris and Giggles, and he, he has an interesting take on this. So he gets into the, the mix. He joins the conversation. Listen to this. Two X chromosomes or what? You're a girl. Right. Now, your argument is I'm going to get a boob job, and I should be... Assign what I want. Okay, I want to get younger. So if I go in there and say, I need to dye my hair. Go for it, man. Time is real. Listen to your life. If I dye my hair, does that mean that I have now become younger? I should say I'm younger now. No, I'm still chronologically 
the age that I am. Wait, 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 wait. You can't identify as a 20 year old? No. Why not? Because chronologically, I'm not a 20 year old. Just as someone who's not born with a Y chromosome. So you're saying there's such a thing as objective truth? Exactly. All right, hold on. So he says, if I dye my hair, I will look younger, but I won't be younger. No one will 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 credit me with a different age or say, no, now you're now you're younger. Now you're twenty or now you're thirty. I'll have the look. I might be able to get by, but it doesn't change the objective fact of my age. Is that a good analogy? Do you think that's a good analogy to um gender reassignment surgery. I mean, you can change the way you look. You can change your pronouns. You can you can ask to be called a different name or by a different pronoun, but but it it, it doesn't change who you are. And it doesn't change what you have been made by your creator. And are we indulging people in a in a fantasy that is Potentially harmful, but certainly for children is 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 definitely way too heavy a load. I mean, I, I question whether we should even indulge an adult like that. But I, okay, but for kids, no, no, that's too big a decision at a very young age. And so he's saying, you know, since when do we get to change objective facts about who we are? By the way, kids do still sometimes believe in the tooth fairy when they're 10. I don't know where she got that. but um, she, So, I mean, people, what's fascinating to me about people like this, or uh, Steven Crowder does this sometimes, where he'll go out, he'll set up a table, he'll put a sign on the front of the table with, a, with you know a, a position or an opinion, and underneath it it says, change my mind. And he records it, and people come up to him, and they try to argue or debate. And Steven Crowder is extremely effective and you would have a very hard time besting him uh, in a debate. But uh, what do you think? I mean, as you hear this, what what jumps out at you? 210-599-5555. I, I do believe we're going to look back historically and be appalled that it happened. At We're going to be appalled at who was in, in involved in it, who was enabling it. We're going to be appalled at people that said things that were bald-faced lies. We're going to be appalled that it it went on as long as it did. We're going to see the human toll. You know, I I hate to use the slavery analogy because it's overused, but in its time, if you read the abolitionist movement, if you read about how people were debating slavery when there still was slavery, it has an air of unreality to it. Like, you, you... you read it now, and it's hard to believe flesh and blood human beings who were in many ways just like us were making these these seemingly very lucid arguments. Well, of course we need slaves. How in the world do you think we're going to produce this or do that or operate a, a a farm or an economy? And of course they need to be on the on the plantation. You don't think you don't think we can let these people off? They'd be they'd never make it. They'd never. That was one of the arguments in favor of slavery. My God, these people would starve. And in fact, years and years later, people looked back, and there was horror, and there was revulsion, and there was remorse, and there was, and to this day, now we are here. We are you know 150 years out, and people are still talking about reparations. 
it's not clear who should pay them or if anybody should at this point and who should receive them or if anybody should. But, but you see my point. When time goes by and you have the perspective of time, I think this uh, puberty blockers for kids and gender reassignment for kids and teachers coaching children and then saying, don't tell your parents, I think we're going to be appalled. I mean, I'm appalled now. You probably are too. What I'm saying is the society is going to be appalled. You and I are like the abolitionists of that era. They were already appalled, but but eventually everybody turned and said, I can't believe we ever had that. I can't believe we ever did that. I can't believe that was ever okay with anybody. I think that's what we're headed for. And I do think one of the ways we're going to get there, and it's a sign of the times, is litigation. And it will it will snowball. You know, first there'll be that that this is what happened with tobacco. This is what's happened with um, all the different surgical and drug lawsuits. It's happening now with the Camp Lejeune water. First you'll have one, and then you might have one jury award, and then there'll be others, and then there'll be others. And um, that probably is what, more than more than the Republicans or an election or what have you, that is probably what will stop this in its tracks. We'll see. Interesting times to live through. Uh, Randall writes to Jack at KTSA.com. Uh, that lady in the uh, video that you just played was giggling because she didn't have a coherent argument. Yeah, that giggle was, that was kind of a force of nature all by itself. She would, every sentence she spoke, at the end of it, she would giggle. Um, you might remember we talked about the United States Air Force Academy with a uh, training unit that was teaching the cadets not to use mom and dad, don't say those words, don't use those terms anymore, refer to your parents as uh, parents or you all, no gender-specific references to parents. Uh, another story today uh, about the Air Force Academy. In an email sent out September 14th, cadets were informed about a uh, new fellowship for undergraduate women and gender minorities interested in aerospace. It's called the Brooke Owens Fellowship. The application on the website says, if you are a cisgender man, this program is not for you. If you are a cisgender man, this program is not for you. It's starting to sound like if you're a cisgender man, this military is not for you. I'm... I'm, Puzzled or cur- not puzzled? I'm curious about how sort of chill people are about this. I've had some conversations with people that are uh, ex-military, and they say to me, off the record, "You know, Jack, I hear you talk about it. You're right, but this is going to blow over. They're just kowtowing to the current, you know, politicians in charge. This is what they do." They've got to. They've got to make them happy. They throw them a bone. So the the argument I hear from people that perhaps at one time went through one of the service academies is this won't really matter. We'll get to. We'll get an election. We'll get a president who's not crazy. They'll stop giving these orders. And this is the part I don't understand about that reasoning or that reassurance. Every year is a cadet class. Every year, we are producing the warriors that will fight the next war or be in the next crisis or the next response. You can tell me in five years it's going to be different. But what about the people you're molding now? 
And you can say, well, they're winking and nodding, and they know. But I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of, uh, you know, the spoken word is sort of my product. I don't believe you can dismiss all of this with a, well, people will just pretend to go along with it, but they're not really taking it in. They're not internalizing it. I'm sure there are people like that. Don't get me wrong. We've all, we've all sat through a conversation where we had to nod and pretend. But I, I, I tend to think, you can try to change my mind, but I tend to think some of this is changing the culture. And even if it is, as my friends have said, just pretending to go along, even that is changing the culture. Because the culture of the military, the culture of the warrior class, is be true to yourself. You don't train people to um, take risks and use technology that's lethal and state-of-the-art and defend the country and, and defend themselves by teaching them to be fakes, by teaching them to be yes-men, by teaching them to put on an act when they're in a training. This should be honest. This should be straightforward. And so however you slice this, um, I think there's this damage being done here. But again, just to be fair, because I, I do hear this from people, they say, well, when I hear you talk about it, it's it sounds worse than it's it's really not going to be that bad. This is going to we're going to get through this and sanity will prevail. And I did say to one guy, I said, well, what's your prior like what when did this happen before that you can say, you know, this will be the case? And he was stumped. This is new. We've never done this before. So this program, if you're a man, this program is not for you. That's the, says the website. Oh, I'm so old, I remember when you couldn't discriminate against people. Remember that? Remember when we used to say equal opportunity? Are we still saying that? Are we saying it but not meaning it? Are we eventually just going to stop saying it? Maybe maybe that was an act. Yeah, it's really not an equal opportunity. We're really just looking for one. We're really just looking for one kind of person here. The rest of you go back and we'll come up with something for you. Six oh seven on KTSA. It's Friday night. I mean, it's still light out, but you know, Friday evening, and it's the last hour of our show on Friday, and that means the dish. We call this hour the dish because we're looking for your call about your most recent restaurant experience. So it could be where you had lunch today or dinner last night or place you tried this week. Maybe you went to a new restaurant or one that's new to you and you want to tell us what you found, how it was, or you want to sing the praises of an old favorite. You want to praise or zing. They ain't got no shame. They don't have any shame. (laughs) (laughs) Praise or zing the food, the price, the service. 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. But Jack, you say, I can't do a restaurant review. I don't want a restaurant review. 
you know, I no offense to restaurant reviewers, but I just want you to tell me and tell all of us about it like you would tell a friend or a coworker, or you'd come home from work and go, we, we went to an amazing place for lunch today. I can't wait to take you there. 210-599-5555. Any kind of food, <laughs> any kind of price. <laughs> um, 210-599-5555. We'll also get your votes in on the JR poll, and uh, we'll have the results on that at the end of the hour. So we're talking restaurants on the dish. I um, I don't know if this is judgmental or not, but this seemed a little weird to me. Uh, the Surgeon General, Dr. Vivek Murthy, uh, is getting some heat on social media uh, because this week during National Ice Cream Cone Day, he tweeted out a picture of himself with the caption, This might be an unpopular opinion, but I love ice cream cones without any ice cream, said the Surgeon General of the United States. I love ice cream cones without any ice cream. I'm, uh, that, that's a little weird. Anybody else like that? Uh, now that I've said it's weird, you won't want to call, but, uh, I realize we all have habits that wouldn't make sense to others. We all do things that are baffling to others. We, I think it, it, probably, um, if we were honest, there's probably a food proclivity or affinity or aversion that we all have that would not make sense to others. I've never heard of this one. This might be an unpopular opinion, but I love ice cream cones without the ice cream. By the way, he does know who he works for, right? The Surgeon General was appointed by President Biden. Have you seen Joe Biden with an ice cream cone? I mean, he it's loaded. No empty ice cream cones for that guy. <laughs> but uh, his Surgeon General says he likes just the cone. Somebody should tell him about Pitzel's. Do you know what a Pitzel is? Pitzel cookies? Is that, is that only a thing only Italians know about? We make these... We make these wafer-thin cookies. Usually you make them in a press. You can buy it. It looks like a waffle iron. Uh, but they're these very flat cookies, almost like a giant, I don't know, like a snowflake or a wafer. Uh, sometimes they have anise flavoring or other ingredients, and uh, they basically taste like a flat ice cream cone. So Somebody should tell Vivek Murthy about that. He'd probably love it. 210-599-5555. All right, any kind of food, any kind of price, any kind of restaurant, your calls on the dish to praise or zing your most recent restaurant experience. Uh, oftentimes we hear about interesting Guinness records that you wouldn't have thought was a record. There's a man in uh, Japan, he's a comedian, who has 26 different Guinness World Records. And they include feats like these. The longest duration to spin a fidget spinner on your nose. Remember fidget spinners? He spun one on his nose for 8 minutes and 49 seconds in 2017. The longest dunk of a biscuit, 5 minutes and 17 seconds. Um, the most drink coasters flipped and caught with chopsticks in one minute. He did 51 in a minute. 
And the most walnuts crushed with his butt cheeks. Hmm. I'm a little, uh, well, none of those seem practical. Like, none of those are something we needed. But that last one, I mean, I like a walnut as much as the next person, but I'd have to pass. Maybe pass isn't the right word, but I'd have to refuse a walnut from this guy. Is there really no other way to open them? Is there really no other way to crack? You don't have a nutcracker? You can't? Really? Yeah. Butt cheeks? Seems like a lot of trouble. I'm trying to picture the social situation you'd be in where there'd be a dish of nuts on the table and somebody would be like, oh, wait a minute, I'll get, to, I'll get that for you. Uh, 210-599-5555, praise or zing, your most recent restaurant experience on the dish. So probably never look at walnuts the same way again. Never look at ice cream cones the same way again. Uh, let's start with Oscar on the dish on KTSA. Oscar, happy Friday. Happy Friday to you, Mr. Jack. What I is like up? To praise Coop- I like to praise Cooper's old-time pit barbecue in New Braunfels. Mm-hmm. Tell me all uh, about it. That is, a, that is a great place to take family, especially when they're out of state. They are blown away the way Texas does barbecue. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Um, so this yeah. is the one in New Braunfels you're talking about, right? Yes, sir, on uh, 1125, loop 337. All right, I see that. What's the best thing to get there the first time you go if, you, if, you get, you know, if you've never had it? Pork chops. Really? Yeah, interesting choice. What what is so good about their pork, pork chops. chops? They're nice and juicy and thick. Oh, okay. And then you can follow it with a little bit of barbecue brisket, but the pork chops mm. are the bomb. Wow. All right then. So Cooper's Old Time Pit Barbecue, eleven twenty five North Loop three three seven in New Braunfels. Get the pork chops, says Oscar. Bring your out-of-town company and give them a pork chop. Oscar, thanks for the call. Good job. Praise on the dish for Cooper's Old Time Barbecue in New Braunfels. 210-599-5555. I know we had a call at one point about uh, the Coopers in Alamo Heights, but I think this is the first call we've had about the New Braunfels one. Uh, 210-599-5555 on the dish. We're talking about restaurants in and around San Antonio, any and all. Chain restaurants, mom and pop, hole in the wall, big white linen tablecloth places, special occasions, everyday occasions. You can praise or zing the food, the price, the service, the lack of service. 210-599-5555. We'll take those calls, and we'll get the results in the JR poll coming up here at the end of the hour. The um, I posted this on Facebook this week, uh, like around the middle of the week. Uh, they had done a... Uh, I guess an artificial intelligence or an imaging thing um, through, um, I, I, I guess it was a, um, I don't know which university, some university was using uh, its its technology to take photographs of celebrities who didn't reach old age. Like John Coltrane died when he was 40. But they took, pictures of celebrities who passed long before 
you know, sort of life expectancy or old age, and aged them to the present day. So if they hadn't died when they died, and they were the age they would be now, what would they look like? And they had uh, Princess Diana. They had Freddie Mercury, uh, John Lennon. The John Lennon one was interesting. John Lennon looked like um, Robert De Niro. Uh, Heath Ledger. They had one of um, Jimi Hendrix. The most controversial uh, one, I, it seems to have been, um, the one that people took the most issue with seems to have been Elvis. You can go to my Facebook page and see these, uh, Jack Riccardi on Facebook. But the Elvis picture is interesting because he's very skinny. And that's interesting to wonder about. At the time of his death, Elvis was at his heaviest weight. But would he would he have not only survived that obesity, but would he have slimmed down and I guess maybe he would have had to to live, right? Um so some of them look very, uh, like it's very subtle. And some of them just look like they pasted somebody else's head on their body. Like the Michael Jackson one doesn't, you know, doesn't look any, doesn't look anything like Michael Jackson ever looked. And people, people noticed, for example, in the Michael Jackson picture that, um, he has a, a full nose. Didn't they say at the time of his death that his, his, no, his, pretty much, his nose was pretty much gone, right? That doesn't grow back. You don't, you don't regenerate it. So anyway, if you're interested, uh, it's a website called My Modern Met, and it's uh, linked at the Jack Riccardi Facebook page. Uh, 210-599-5555 to praise or zing your most recent restaurant experience on the dish. You remember the um, Dilbert comic strip? I say remember, it still exists, but uh, Dilbert was the comic strip done by Scott Adams. He uh, depicted it was kind of cubicle life and workplace life and um, it was very droll and dry and uh, it was the kind of comic strip that back when people clipped comic strips out of newspapers you would see it on people's office walls or the door or the cubicle I mean it, because it was so true to life it, in a way it was it wasn't like a comic strip for kids it was like a comic strip for adults and it still is, but the news today is that 77 newspapers have canceled Dilbert because they're upset at Scott Adams for incorporating anti-wokeism jokes and plots. For example, he now has a black character who identifies as white. And so um, newspapers are informing the syndicator that they are no longer going to run Dilbert. The newspapers include um, big city newspapers and small city newspapers. It won't hurt Scott Adams. He's incredibly well off because he's made a lot of money over the years, not only off Dilbert, but off all the merchandise, and he does a lot of other things. And I've told you before, if you don't follow him on Twitter, you absolutely should. If you're not on Twitter, don't get on Twitter. But if you're on Twitter, follow Scott Adams because he's you will love his political observations, his... Uh, sense of humor. Uh, he really cuts right to it. And um, so I guess um, even though you're funny and talented and people clearly have a yen for what you do, um, it's important to uh, stop the laughter. It's, impo- 
it's important that we don't that we don't ever have a laugh or a smile or a chuckle. And um, I, I will always be glad that we're on the side of people that want to laugh. We're on the side that wants to play the song that says, "Yeah, read the book." That says, "Yeah, you know, do whatever." I don't. I wouldn't want to be on the side that thinks. I don't want people laughing. I don't want people chuckling. I don't think people need to hear that. I don't want to hear that music anymore. I don't want to patronize that uh, business anymore. I don't want to go there anymore. I don't want to enjoy that experience anymore because I'm making a point. I'm making a gesture. They can have that life. I'm, I'm not good with it. Uh, and and the other thing about comic strips is who takes them so literally that you're like, oh, I'm boycotting the comic strip. It's a it's it's the whole art form is hyperbole. The whole art form is you know exaggeration, right? Remember the guy that did the Far Side? What was his name? Gary Larson, I think. I think I might have that right. Remember the yes, Far Side? Right. It was a single panel comic strip. Is that right? Yeah. I was a huge Far Side fan. I had the books. I read it every day. I would clip them. I'd... I, um, and I think that guy retired, and then he might have come back. I don't know. Maybe he's back now. But he had retired at one point, and um, he had one of his shticks or his gimmicks was they were. I mean, they were some of them were wickedly funny. They were certainly politically incorrect. But one of his gimmicks was these cows. The cows would would have like thought bubbles. And um, I thought it was just genius because he could he could make any kind of point about anything going on in the world or society or the foibles of human nature with a cow. You know, who thinks of that? And I think I've told this story before. Some years ago, I had, to, I had a, a dog that was dying, and I had to bring him to the vet and have him put down. And they take you to a little room, and it's very weird because every time you've ever been to the vet, it was for something, you know, positive. It was to get well or or get a a vaccine or whatever. And so it's always weird when you take your dog to the vet and you're not leaving with them. But he was terminal. He had cancer. And so I'm in there, and I'm, I'm, I'm a mess. I'm a wreck. This is the, the best dog I've ever had. Um, I, I, it was way too soon. He was only like six and a half or seven. He, uh, he's looking at me. You know how they are when you get like that. So I'm in this room, and I'm waiting for the vet to come in to do this thing. And on the wall, they had a framed set of far side cartoons. Because it's a, it's a vet, you know, it's an exam room. It's normally for happier things. So I'm waiting there, and I'm, I look at the cartoons. And, you know, in spite of the moment, in spite of everything that was going on, those cartoons were still funny. And I remember thinking, what a talent to be able to draw a little cartoon, single panel, you know, very simple, very rudimentary. What a talent to be able to do something so obviously funny that you even can recognize that in a moment like this. I'm not saying it made the moment better, but I'm saying it that that is pretty powerful talent. Who wants to boycott a cartoon? I mean, 
Imagine how seriously you'd have to take yourself to go, no, I just do not want to laugh at that. I'm not going to be happy. <laughs> I No chuckles for me. So don't worry about Scott Adams. He'll be fine. Worry more about the people that think that's a real gesture. TSA News Time is 6.37. It's the dish on a Friday night. That means we're talking about your most recent restaurant experience. You can praise or zing the food, the price, the service. Also, this half hour, results on today's JR poll and more of the great John Coltrane coming up here. In fact, we'll play a rare track that you don't hear very often uh, that I think is really special. Uh, so Mitch is next on the dish on 550 and 1071 KTSA. Happy Friday, Mitch. Thank you, sir. Happy Friday to you. Yeah, I want to talk about, I went to Tilly's last Friday evening. Wife and I went out to the out, had a drink at a bar, then on the way home we wanted to get something to eat. Stopped in there and we ordered the, uh, fajita trio, which came with steak shrimp, and and chicken. So it got served to us, and she laid it on my side of the table, and my wife says, that smells burnt, and I smelled it also. So the steak was burnt on the top side, the side I was looking at. So I took, Mm -hmm. you know, one slice of it, and I tasted it, and it was definitely burnt. So we flagged the waitress down. She says, well, that's the... It got burnt because of the plate. I'm thinking to myself, well, the chicken's, the chicken's not burnt, the shrimp's not burnt, and the part that's touching the plate isn't burnt. Okay. All right. So, you know, my wife said, can we speak to the manager? Mm. So, you know, probably five minutes later, the manager comes out and she was supposedly in the kitchen you know, uh-huh. you know so she finally comes out and i you know show her the food she says well that's the way it's served wow and i kind of blew up i said bs and bring me you know take it off my bill and bring me my check and you know she said you know she said well well cook you anything else, you know, if you want to order something else, we can make that for you. But I'm thinking, you know, you're making excuses for bad food. Right, right. And so then, you know, we, you know, um, you know so we we left. I walked out the restaurant early because I was fuming, you know. I just, no, you, no, know, no. you know. Better to just walk away. Kind of, yeah, better to just walk away. Yeah. So I, you know, went home and I looked up on the Chili's website and they had a place to put it in, in comments and send them right. to corporate. And I said, well, I'm not right. doing it tonight because I'm kind of in a, probably right. wouldn't have been very nice. So I waited right. until the following morning 
sent it in, you know, and they replied back, I think, later that evening, said, sorry for your problem, you know, blah, 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 and we're going to send you an E-B-O-G card, you know, okay. uh, be, our, be our guest. Right. So I'm thinking, oh, that, okay. that sounds good, and I'll get it within yeah. 24 hours, and I think I got it on Sunday. It was a gift card for $10. Oh, <laughs> yeah, and so probably the probably the meal cost more than that. Yeah. yeah, wow. Be, Those are their sports. Be our, uh, yeah, be our guest. Well, yeah. well we're going to give you a $10 credit to be our guest. You have to pay yeah. for the rest. Yeah. I think so they've already told you what they really think. Yeah, so I replied back again to that yeah. email. And, you know, he came back again and said, well, we're sorry we didn't mean to buy you a free meal, but, you know, we'll send you another EBOG card. So I think, well, maybe he got my point. Maybe he'll give me something a little better. Okay. And it was another $10 dinner certificate. So So they don't seem to to be getting it over there, huh? No, I mean so. Yeah. That's, I mean, I'm thinking not only the restaurant, but the the, the whole company. There yeah. you go. All right. Yeah, well, yeah. that's quite a story. Use. Yeah, yeah, I don't even know if I'll give the use those gift cards. I may give them to yeah. somebody else. There you go. There you go, Mitch. I'm sorry that happened, and you know, you make a your story makes a really good point. Thank you, sir, for the call. A zing for the chilies in Seguin, for the burnt fajitas, but. Here's the thing. When I talk to people about the restaurant business and people in the restaurant business, you have to understand that there is a lot of, they're having a hard time. Okay. There's a terrible, uh, lack of, of people and inability to retain people. And there's, there's a struggle going on. So I understand that. And we all know when we go into restaurants these days, you can sense it right away that there's either not enough wait staff or stuff is coming out of the kitchen slow. You can see it in the faces. Everybody, everybody who does work there is overworked. I, I, I think though that you have where where that has to be, um, you know where where you have to make a difference is when people have an issue. You've got to win them over to your side. You know what I mean? Like, okay. You're complaining to me about the food. I know that your food is burned or your order is wrong because we don't have new we have new people or we can't retain people or we don't have enough people. But you're the customer. That's not your problem. So I'm going to show you that we, we mean to do better. We we're going to of course we're going to take it off your bill. Of course we're going to make something else for you or we're going to at least, you know, give you a gift card. We want you to come back. We'll be better next time. We'll we'll hopefully have something different, have something better. That's all you got to do. People understand the struggle, but if you stand at their table and go, "It's supposed to be like that," or you don't meet them halfway, or you don't, you know, because not only are restaurants struggling, but customers are struggling. Okay, so we're all dealing with inflation. It, it's harder to go out to eat. It's more of an imposition. It bites into our budget more. So we got to meet each other halfway. I know, I know you are going into restaurants with an attitude of empathy for what they're going through. And again, especially if you see it, there's a place near me that I like to go to. Um, and they are so understaffed. It's, it's sad. So if I go in there, I don't go in if I'm in a hurry. 
I don't go in if I'm starving because I just know it's not going to be like it used to be. The food's not going to come whipping out of the kitchen, piping hot. I got to, I got to expect what I got to expect. But by the same token, if a place lets you down, they've got to meet you and, and, and say, okay, well, I know what these people are going through. They don't go out to eat as much as they used to. And it's an imposition on their budget. And they, you know, they, it needs to be right. I think most, by the way, when I say all this, I think most places know this and do this. I'm just saying it's every so often we hear a story of, of somebody that doesn't seem to get that. And it's always been true that the easiest thing in the world for a restaurant to do, even if the customer is wrong or the customer's expectations are wrong, the easiest thing to do is tell them, you're right, let us make it right for you, let us make it the way you wanted it, let us take it off your bill, let us comp you a dessert. Most people, not everybody, but most people can be soothed with stuff like that. And then they don't go tell everybody. It's always amazing to me that you would let somebody leave your restaurant angry, especially now with Yelp and Urban Spoon and all this. I mean, you really want someone who walks out the door and they're just itching to tell everybody in the universe what you just did? Is that, is that a good business decision? Is that a $10 business decision? That's probably going to cost a lot more than $10. I would think. Anyway, 210-599-5555. I, and, and, um, man, I, I'm getting free drink cards and please come back and have a meal and have appetizers. I'm not asking for them, but so many restaurants are struggling and stumbling and, and uh, and having these problems with help and with staff, and of course, not only the visible staff like the wait staff, but the kitchen staff that you don't see. Some of these kitchens, you'd probably be shocked by how few people are back there. I went into an IHOP, and IHOPs are they're really struggling. They were struggling before the pandemic, but I went into an IHOP the other day. This was about seven thirty or eight o'clock at night. There was a guy out front, there was an employee out front, I figured he was on his break, just kind of futzing around out in the front of the parking lot. I go to the hostess station, I'm standing, 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 finally. I mean, nobody, nobody. Finally, this guy comes in. He was it. He was the place. One guy. Big restaurant. Granted, there was hardly anybody in it. But that's, I mean, we've never seen anything like this, you know, and it's its spreading. I don't, I'm not sure where it ends, but it's all over. Thank God it's... It's either I get nothing but burnt ends, which I love burnt ends, but throw some good meat in there. Mm. How are your ends? <laughs> Sorry. Do we not have that kind of relationship where we can talk about that? Maybe? No. Not yet? Too, too soon? All right, 652 on 550 and 1071 KTSA. Um, on the JR poll, the question today, it's just, you know, with fall beginning in name only. We're not having fall weather, but uh, with fall at least occurring on the calendar, 
Uh, are you a yes or a no on pumpkin spice? And um, I, I, I'm a no. I, I, I'm not. I, I don't hate you if you like pumpkin spice, but I don't get it. I don't get the excitement. I mean, it's all right. It's better than cough syrup, but but man, the excitement! Oh, everything's got to be pumpkin spice. We got everything you can. There's now they're selling like pumpkin spice infused fabric and pillows. It's not enough that you're eating it. You got to wear it, and smell it, and wrap yourself up in it. And why don't you just cut open a pumpkin and get right in? But anyway, uh, are you? Uh, boy, that was kind of bitter. Sounded like that guy in St. Louis. <laughs> it was a little harsh, Jack. Um, are you a yes or no on pumpkin spice? Seventy-four percent said no. Twenty-six percent said yes. All right, new Jr. poll when we get started on Monday. Do we need all to the fly, breaking news? Do we need to fly a banner over the sky? Well, I think you need to fly a banner over the over the radio station now. I think you need to reach out to me with that. Let's not talk directly to each other. Let's just say it with airplane banners. Mentioned uh, that today is the birthday of the great John Coltrane, born on this day in 1926, born in North Carolina, grew up in Philadelphia. Uh, John Coltrane served in the Navy as a young man. And there's an interesting story about his Navy service. He was, of course, he was a brilliant musician even as a, as a young man, even as a teenager. The Navy recognized his talent, and they put him in a jazz combo called Melody Masters on the base that he was stationed at. But because it was an all-white combo, John Coltrane could only be uh, treated as a guest performer. They did not want to offend or call attention to the fact that one of the musicians was black. Well, he wasn't just one of the musicians. He was the best one, but unlike the other Men in the combo, John Coltrane not only played, but then he had to do KP duty and sentry duty and other things as well. Uh, After the uh, war, after his military service, he uh, went back into the jazz scene um, in Philadelphia at first, and then eventually, of course, all over the world. Uh, People that knew him said that he was fanatical about practicing. He would often um, fall asleep. Jimmy Heath used to tell a story about him falling asleep with his horn in his mouth and that he would practice everywhere he went. He was asked about it one time, and he said, yeah, 25 hours a day. Of course, he played with all the greats in just a very short life, only made it to the age of 40. One of the songs or compositions you do not hear very often is one that uh, he did after the attempted bombing by the Ku Klux Klan of a African-American church in Birmingham. This song is called Alabama, and I want to leave you with this tonight on the anniversary of the great John Coltrane.